Hello, everyone, and welcome to C-View Quantum Network. I'm your presenter, Daniel, and I'm here with producer Claudia Pareco. Our opening song features Sunset Serenade by Cyclone. Albums and singles are available in all music stores and platforms. A Moment of Your Time is one of the most extraordinary gifts we could ever be given. Each week, we create a place for you to rest your heart by providing the platform for peaceable connection to the most gifted lightworkers, intuitives, alternative healers who will surprise you with something different, something outside of what's expected, innovative and unique. Our shows are held on Fridays at 12 p.m. Eastern U.S. time and 9 a.m. Pacific time. At any moment to participate on our shows, please call 805-830-8344 and press 1 to talk with the host. Take My Call. At any moment before or during the show, you can opt for Take My Call and jump the long line of callers. We are now following the pay-what-you-can business model. You pay what you feel our services are worth to you. You can send a payment using paypal.me slash p-u-r-e-c-o and add the amount that you want. To request a show, please write to Claudia Pareco at cview1111 at gmail.com or visit our website cview1111.net Now, close your eyes and get in touch with the present, the only reality. Feel your body, feel your breath, and let it drift back to the present moment. And we are here with Kathy Chappell. Welcome to the year 2023. And as we start every year with Kathy, we start with predictions for 2023. And you can listen to all of the predictions for previous years, compare them, see what went through, what is true for you, what changed. And one of the things that we want you to understand is that predictions are only offered by the guides, by spirits, by those in the higher realms to assist humanity. So sometimes they don't give us the whole picture. They just give us a little thing here and there so we can have better outcomes. So we can have a the faith that maybe we are lacking at that moment. So we can understand ourselves and the world a little bit more. Sappy has been offering reading for more than 30 years, making her part of the group of the most experienced psychics available on land. And we are so lucky to have her. The experience of calling her show is entertaining, fun, and it provides growth for all callers. We want you to know that we can see who you are. We know where are you located, and the energies of today's transmission are going your way, even if we don't get your call. 
So today we are traveling our energies all the way to France, where now Sati is residing, and where she continues her very successful business as a psychic reader, a seer, visionary, and so on. So let's bring Sati to the show and start with all of the information she has gathered for us. Sati, welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> I just love your introductions. They're so beautiful and they feel so wonderful. And I have to say, I like the kudos. They're fun. Thank you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, yeah, this is a very interesting year that we are coming into, Claudia, and quite an interesting year um, for everybody in some ways. And yet, it's going to be kind of on the quiet side. So we're going to talk a lot about this. And, you know, I always like to start my radio shows with looking at the Chinese New Year because they're just so fun. And actually, they're really, really informative. Um, and they tell us a whole lot about what is to come. And then I'm going to um, have Claudia give a recording, a previous recording made of a um, conscious channel that I did today, a uh, conscious channeling that came through this morning. Um, the guides really wanted it to come through. And you could tell um, that it's me speaking, whereas when I do my regular transful trance channeling, it does not sound like me at all. Um, so it's, it's definitely me, and I'm relaying the information as best as I can. Sometimes it comes through so quickly I have to kind of take a breath and gather it all in and try to express it in a way that is going to make sense to everybody because it all literally instantly makes sense in my mind, but it can cover vast amounts of areas, vast amounts of information. Um, and that's quite a task, i got to tell you. Um, that's how my uh, conscious channeling works. And then I'm going to finish up with my predictions. So we're going to be here just a little bit longer than an hour today, um, and I hope that everybody is good with that. If not, please come back to listen to the show um, later because, of course, we always record these. Um, Claudia is so fantastic at that, and then she puts them on both her website and my website and Facebook pages so that you always have access to it all. So we've got a big show today, and I hope that everybody's okay with me just kind of launching into it. Before I do that, though, I just want to tell you how much I have missed doing these shows and how much I have missed you all. In this um, last couple of months of 22, when I moved to France, it's been really um, just a, a whole lot to process. Um, and I was not able to do the shows at that time. So um, that's why I've kind of been missing, but I've been missing you. Okay. Let's all take a moment and take just a deep breath, please. <sighs> all right. 
Let's get started. 2023 is the year of the water rabbit. Um, the Chinese calendar rotates in 60-year cycles of five 12-year periods, each of which are represented by one animal plus one of the five elements. So that's why we have a water rabbit as opposed to a wood rabbit or a earth rabbit or a metal rabbit. And the Chinese New Year always marks the lunar New Year, which always falls on the first full moon, which this year occurs on January 22nd. And that's why the Chinese New Year often changes, and it runs anywhere from mid-January to mid-February. And this year, the new moon occurs in the airy sign of Aquarius, which is especially powerful because it mainly deals with society versus individuals. So I want you to remember that no matter what I talk about for the rest of the show, everything has to do with society on the whole, as a whole. Additionally, the chart for this New moon astrologically shows four planets in the 11th house. So we have the social group sign of Aquarius in the social group 11th house in a social group rabbit year. I love that. That's simply just such um, synchronicity, right? Stating that we are all hoping for or hoping to try to some new things on that larger human scale. You know, we want, we, we're ready for different. We're okay now with that. <laughs> and all of this newness is being reflected by all of the planets in the zodiac congregating on the east side or the rising sign of, side, the rising side of this chart of new beginnings that was cast for the Chinese New Year. That's big. That doesn't happen very often. So it's like, there's nothing on the west side at all. That chart, part of the chart is empty. You can look this up on the web at any point in time to see what I'm speaking of with that. So pacing in a rabbit year tends to be a bit slower than during a tiger year. The tiger year we just left. And um, I set that backwards and I apologize. The pacing tends to be a bit slower during a tiger year while it's much faster in a rabbit year, and that's the one we're entering. Even though rabbit years tend to be gentler than tiger years, which can really be pretty intense years. Both of these animals run in short spurts, not long distances. So while we'll move faster in a rabbit year, it'll at least come in spurts or cycles. Tigers like confrontation and choose to face things head on, while rabbits tend to look for the exit or ways to escape the uncomfortable or scary. So watch for any tendencies you might have personally for escapism in 23 and try to fix them whenever you can, okay? Lucky rabbit's feet. There's a reason why, unfortunately, the world, you know, killed a bunch of rabbits for their feet and people carried them around. Um, it was considered lucky. Obviously not for the rabbit. But lucky rabbit years, um, and that is what they're considered in China, in China, is that they're really lucky years, tend to be kinder, kinder and gentler than tiger years. But they can also be downright tender times regarding the heart and 
being that it's a water rabbit year, it can be tender emotionally too. Especially since this is a yin year. Last year in a tiger year, it was yang. So that's a fire. This year, even more water. All of this shows that 23 won't be as hectic as 22. Thankfully, but it will still run at a fast pace. While thankfully offering periods of deep rest, rejuvenation, or contemplation, which rabbits love. A year steeped in fluidity, the best advice is to go with the flow. Schedule time to nurture yourself and often take unplugged downtime. It's going to be a quirky year, even if punctuated with deep periods of deep R&R and inner contemplation. And it will still pack some out-of-the-blue strange things or strange tidings. It will cause quick changes, things that will just automatically, all of a sudden, go in totally new directions and then, like, run off into the distance. <laughs> That's a rabbit, right? So lots of strange tidings and quick changes. On a work level, on a personal career level, on a financial level, watch for favorable opportunities to quickly arise, like out of the blue, and then jump on them. You'll be surprised at the range of new possibilities that will come along for the ride, especially those things that arise unexpectedly in spring, which is a time of birth for rabbits and the time of year in which financial problems need to be overcome. And that's because always the first part of a rabbit year is kind of tough financially, while the second part, the last half, is usually a bit better. I don't know if I agree with that personally after looking at the year 2023, but I'll leave you to decide that at the end of the show. One way or the other, um, don't overspend. Rabbits need to be good little savers. Not quite like the, the squirrels, but they need to really be mindful of their resources. Rabbit years offer many unexpected trips or maybe a move across town or move across state or even to another country, kind of like what I did. This is part of why the advice is to go with the flow or be adaptable so you can face and accept inevitable change, which could actually only be for the short term. Best advice is not to push anything. Don't push the river. Don't push the spouse. Don't push the boss. Don't push your luck especially when luck doesn't seem to be quite in your favor, because odds are you'll lose if you push. Instead, steady, gentle, intuitive instincts produce good movement forward and will help put the odds back in your favor. As the rabbit often runs on pure intuition, so allow that intuition to guide you, right, with steady, gentle shifts towards what you really want. And it also represents psychic advancement. So this is a good year for you to create psychic advancement if you're wanting to do that or intuitive advancement. In terms of romance, one can find lots of new opportunities this year. 
Just remain wily, aware, careful, right? Rabbits and romance. There's a connection, seriously. <laughs> Rabbits that careful, though, can get into trouble super quick, and especially in areas of love. Sex and procreation is always on the menu in a rabbit year, but that might not be what you actually really want to order. Instead, look to those who will make good snuggle bunnies, good long-term partners, or teammates, and only then plan to go the distance with them. Now, usually what I really like to do is I like to kind of compare years. I don't compare straight-up rabbit years. A wood rabbit year does not compare to a um, water rabbit year. They, I mean, apples and oranges, yeah, they're both fruit, but, you know. But I always like to compare the last three water rabbit years, which happened to be in 1963, 1843. And then I like to find the commonalities, the trends, the things that were similar between all of those years. And I found three things very interesting. One was with popes. Did not expect that. One was with natural disasters. And another was with what I'll call people's rights, although, you know, a lot of it in the 60s were civil rights. And in actuality, it extends beyond the 60s, so I'm going to call it people's rights. Let's start with popes. The last ex-pope, Pope Benedict the 16th, died last week on New Year's Eve. 2022. Pope John XXIII died in June of 1963. And similarly, Pope Pius X came into power following the death of his predecessor in August of 1903. I find that bizarre. I really was surprised. Fun fact. There were also in natural disasters two hurricanes that occurred in 1963 on opposite sides of the world, and they killed a ton of people, ton of people, 30,000 total. That's a ton of people. Flora in the Caribbean killed 8,000 people because it was a Category 4 or 5. Whew, can't imagine. And in Bangladesh, a hurricane-born tsunami killed 22,000 people. That's amazing. From an earth problem standpoint, now we're moving out of water and into the realm of earth, a huge rock slide over 100 people in Alberta, Canada. Canada. And an earthquake in Turkey killed 3,500 people. And that was in 1903. And over 5,000 people died in 1843 via the Guadalupe earthquake, while Mount Etna's eruption in Italy killed almost 100. So natural disasters in both air, I mean, sorry, in earth and water. And we need to see if that holds a trend for my predictions for this year. On the civil or what I have termed people's rights area, the first law 
requiring lawyers to be appointed to represent the poor in court. Civil there occurred in 1963. Civil rights marches, KKK unrest, um, Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech, all was given in the U.S. in 63. Civil, or I should say civilian rule, was returned to South Korea, and student riots occurred in Venezuela. Finally, aboriginals in Australia gained the right to vote. All of this occurred in 63. That's a lot, and that's also spanning the world, not just in America, right? What I found interesting in 1903 was the March of the Mill Children, which was about child labor laws. The woman, Mother Jones, who was trying to push for this, actually marched her these children, these child workers, from Philadelphia to the White House to try to get them better working hours. She wanted them lowered to 55 hours a week, something we cannot even wrap our heads around in today's world, right? And the Japanese and Mexican farm workers formed an organized union in 1903. And finally, in 1843, the East Indian Slavery Act finally removes legal support for slavery, which was the start of the end of slavery all over the world. So major happenings, and we're just going to think of them in the back of our mind while I enter into our um, predictions. But before I get to that, to finish up the rabbit years, personal attributes are being social, quick, having a quick and focused mind, lots of new ideas, quiet intelligence, person being detail-oriented, a lot of inner strength, being empathetic or sympathetic, being careful and watchful. There's a lot of charm, a lot of speed, the ability to change course quickly. Personal issues to be overcome usually tend to follow a need for safety, which arises due to insecurity. Also a proneness to anxiety and depression. But think about this. If rabbits play their cards right, they'll set up successful energy for the 12-year cycle that is to follow this one. So learn to listen, follow only good information, slow down, self-nurture, and enjoy the good luck ride of this year. Now, what I'm going to do is have Claudia um, play that little pre-recorded uh, conscious channeling, not full trans channel, right? Just a conscious channeling before I bring in my uh, prediction. Are you ready, Claudia? So this is the uh, radio reading for 2023. What I perceive so far as being a quiet year, kind of the calm before the storm, but let's look and see if it's still that way. All right. So we're going to start off this reading by looking at the... Um, nature and understanding of having all things come together into one time point. Um, think of this as the past, present, and the future coming together um, in one spot in time. Also think of this as 
all influences, all energies coming together into one spot in time that overlays that time spot. So you have a time spot and then you have a essence of energy spot. Then think of all of the um, countries and their different ideas, the, the things that comprise them, the cultures of all of these different countries, including the United States. As somebody who used to live in the United States, the U.S. and Americans in general don't tend to think of ourselves as a actual culture, but we are a culture. We have a culture. Um, and um, so all of these different cultures from all of these different countries coming together into one space. All of the people coming together into one space. All of the animals coming together into one space. All of Earth coming together in one space. All of those are little dots, let's say. Now let's overlay each one of those dots into one dot. That's what this year is all about. This year is 2023. It is literally the pivotal point. Now we have experienced a whole lot of change up until this point in time. So we're looking at the past for a moment. In um, experiencing all of that change, let's say over the last 23 years um, that we have been in this new century, um, we have undergone immense change, just like last century. The last turn of the century was the same. And I often wonder if this isn't why some people feel like the end of the world occurs at the change of the century, because there's so much dramatic change and so much um, of the unknowable and so much of the known that is passing away. And so you come into 20, uh, or 2000, the 20th, 21st century, and as we look back now between 2023 and the year 2000, you can see this immense change that has taken place. How, for example, dependent we have become on our phones, where before that there were no phones that we had such dependency on. How we've become so dependent on the internet and on the web and on GPS tracking. This is all the next age stuff. This is all mental level, um, intellectual. Um, uh, in yoga, we would call it the uh, manamaya kosha, the, the layer kosha, the layer of the pure mind, the pure mental. So we've kind of passed out of, as a species, the age of animal and we have passed into or entered into the age of mind. And this changes everything on a societal level. All of society has to begin to understand 
not just their individual place as a person within society itself, but a country's place within the world, what that country actually brings to the global table. Um, we need to look at truly understanding equality on a mental level. And in particular, selective equality, which is a phrase that I am borrowing from um, Tony Salerno, who I believe is the person that actually coined that phrase. Selective equality being that which still on a mental level divides, separates. Because in the animal kingdom, there are a lot of things that separate other things. When you operate from the level of understanding of the animal kingdom, you operate from the level of separation. Because a lion is not the same as a rhino, is not the same as a giraffe, is not the same as a vole, is not the same as a pussycat, or, I mean, yeah, a lion is not the same as a pussycat, right? Not the same as a dog or a horse or whatever, right? Pick an animal. And they know that. There's no interspecies mating. You can have a horse mate with a donkey, for example. But that's because of the similarity. You don't have a horse mate with a kitty cat or a pig. It just doesn't work that way. There is this innate understanding of separation. This group is different from that group. And as we come out of the animal nature of human, and we enter into the higher levels of human and what it means to be part of humanity as a human, we have to start looking at those things that draw us together and align us and those things that still separate us. So it changes the concept of we are all one. It enhances the concept of we are all one. Clarifies that concept. And it begins to ask everyone to understand something called selective equality. You and I are one as long as we are X, Y, and Z. But if we are J, K, and L, oh, no, 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 we're not, we're not equal, equal at all, even though we're all humans. That's the concept. In order to really move more smoothly into the remainder of this century, we need to understand this. Because the remainder of this century is going to only increase on this manamaya kosha level, this level of mind, this level of intellect, this level of 
um, understanding and clarity and um, leaving behind the animal nature. And if you look around you, no matter which country you live in, you'll see that there are some people that are still clinging desperately to the animal nature. Of course, these are the people that create the most trouble within society. These are the people that tend to um, try to draw us back into that animalistic nature. If you want to understand what the age of Aquarius is, this is the age of Aquarius. This is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. And this is what was meant by the age of Aquarius, part of what was meant. We are all one. It is this mental level clarity and understanding of that simple concept that means that all are equal. So let's just start there. All humans are equal. And let's look at all countries as being equal. That's going to be hard for some countries. Africa, for example, who tends to be at the bottom of the list oftentimes, is going to have a very hard time feeling equal to the United States, which tends to also oftentimes have a hard time because they perceive themselves as being on top. If this world is going to become a global world in a true sense of, of being global and being allied as one and being um, in a state of unity, which is what is required for the mental to work well together, for the mental plane to move forward into more of the spiritual plane, then... Uh, you know, there are some countries that are going to need to start to understand how they can create greater equality with those countries that they see as above and below them. And those that are on top of the world need to also see how they can be more inclusive and bring in those that seem to be beneath them. That's the only way I can say it, <laughs> just for clarity's sake, not what I think, just what I need to say so everybody understands. So back to this concept of 2023 being a pivotal, pivotal year. We're going to look at things going forward as I, I spoke with uh, my friend um, Dawn of Astrology yesterday, and she put it this way. She said, we're going to look at things as before the pandemic and after the pandemic. You know, like before Christ, after Christ, <laughs> um, in coming years. And, um, you know, that really struck home with me. I had thought that before, but sometimes feeling the energy of how somebody else says something makes it really clear to me. Prior to the pandemic, everything was moving away from this animalistic quality, moving into the mental, the intellectual, the, the electronic, the um, energetic. But it was, and it was going very fast, considering the time between 2000 and 2023. 
there were so many people still clinging to the animalistic ways and, and the, the concept of fighting for survival and um, only the fittest and, um, you know, the fastest, the hardest, the toughest, the whatever, which are so, those concepts are so outdated. I mean, they were even outdated last century. Um, but anyway, we have, as a world, hopefully, have come to realize that it's not survival of the fittest, it's survival of the allied. World War I, World War II actually should have taught us that. The allies are the ones that made the greatest changes in the world. When the pandemic came along, people, even though they were physically isolated from everybody else, they had to find a way to work together in order to create the appropriate change. And that really didn't happen. The pandemic did not have to span three years because in some ways it's still ongoing. But it did because we could not fully come together. We could not um, unite enough, ally ourselves enough to really do all that needed to be done. You had the vaxxers and the anti-vaxxers. You had the maskers and the anti-maskers. You had the believers in the pandemic and the people who, you know, thought it was all a hoax. That was early on. Hopefully there's none of those left anymore. But I guarantee you there are some somewhere still going, yeah, there wasn't a pandemic. We didn't have that. That was all a hoax. Just something like that, coming together in that manner in which the whole entire world could agree on one thing. Look at how hard that was, how challenging that was. And now I'm saying that in order for the rest of the century to unfold as it should, as it can, in the highest and best and most positive manner that we have to all start to think, more in terms of being allied and aligned, seeing ourselves as one and getting rid of selective equality, since there's just equality. You know, that's a big order. But the pandemic helped to shift some of that mental conditioning. Well, okay, so let me ask everybody this question. How many more COVID pandemics do you want? Okay, you don't want that. How many World War IIs? How many more World Wars do you want? World War III, World War IV? How many times do we have to dance the stance in order to come together? That's why, or part of why 2023 is such a pivotal point. When I look at it energetically, it's a quiet year. There's a lot of change taking place. 
astrologically, there's a huge amount of change taking place. Within the psyches of all beings, including in the animal kingdom, there's a huge amount of change taking place. There's a huge amount of change taking place in our solar system, in the cosmos. The guides once spoke about how on an astronomical level, we as our solar system, let's call it just, you know, the soul system, the system of our sun, S-O-L, the soul, or S-O-U-L, take your pick, where we reside on Earth, that it goes around the galaxy um, on these out, kind of outer edges, um, like a um, carousel. And similar to the carousel horses that, are, that um, go around the carousel, they go up and down. And our solar system goes up and down. If you think of the galaxy as existing on one flat plane, kind of like a donut, we go up and down. Sometimes we're a little below the donut. Sometimes we're in the middle of the donut. Sometimes we're on the top of the donut. And that's always on the outer edge, the circumference of the donut, let's say. That's rudimentary and it's not 100% true. Neil deGrasse Tyson would probably differ with me on, on that concept of being on the outer edge of the donut. But nonetheless, he would agree that we go up and down on that one single horse that goes up and down in the carousel. We are now on the up cycle. Pretty soon we are going to be above the plane, the horizontal plane of the galaxy. And when we get to that place, we're going to be able to see very clearly all of the light in the center of the galaxy. That comes from Sagittarius A-star, which is what they call the center of our galaxy, the Milky Way. And all of the light that ironically comes from the black hole, <laughs> which sucks in all light. I love that idea. That's the yin and the yang. And when that happens, humanity is going to move forward exponentially, shall I say, we're going to move forward in light years. <laughs> we're going to see the light. We're going to totally become a different species. And I don't think I'm exaggerating on that. I really feel that's what the guides are trying to show me right now in this moment. Yeah, we will still have our base in humanity and still have our base in being human, but it will change so dramatically. It's going to take a while for us to get to the top of that horizontal plane to where we can see all that light. But that light's going to change us. And in a positive way, so we don't want anybody to freak out. But we have to be allies by then with at least ourselves, our world, 
in the things that exist upon this world. Animals are takers. I love animals. But in the animal kingdom, they're just looking for survival. They're just looking to get through the day. They take food when they need to take food. They um, have sex when they need to procreate. They, they do things that do not necessarily, on a conscious level, contribute to the whole. That's what I mean by takers. Humanity can't exist like that anymore. Humanity needs to understand its role as caretakers. That's not quite givers, you notice. I didn't say the opposite of givers, because we are certainly not there yet. We're not going to be there for many millennia. But we can move from takers to caretakers. That's an easy move. That's attainable. And it's attainable in this century. And that's part of this Manamaya Kosha. That's part of this global mind that we are creating. That's part of this shift out of the animal kingdom and into the mental. So, you know, we have this concept of the Aquarian age, the dawn of Aquarius. That's really what this is. That's what I'm talking about here. That's what the guides are telling us. So now, now that we've looked at all of this overview, let's get into the nitty-gritty. Well, I hope that you guys were able to really understand that. Um, we did our best uh, here to um, make that as audible as possible. Um, and I made a mistake in, in part of that and that the galaxy goes up and down instead of our solar system. So then I had to redub that piece, which sounded funny, made me laugh hilariously, um, yada, yada. But anyway, so that's the precursor to this year that's all about alliance. Alliance says um, being aligned, right? And now let's look at, like I said in the um, recording, the nitty-gritty of 23. Regarding nature and the natural world, this is going to be like a air year. You know, every time I do these shows, I always talk about what kind of a year it's going to be on an elemental level because it tells us a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot about many, many things, not just the natural world, but also how we respond to things, right? So in water years, we respond to things very emotionally. In earth years, we respond to things very pragmatically, very logically, very take action. In fire years, boy, we really respond to things in, in fast and furious ways. And in air years, we respond to things mentally. So kind of bear that in mind as we go through looking at um, – what 23 is going to actually bring on a specific level. As an air year, um, and, and yes, it is a water rabbit year, which we've got water there. Um, in the Chinese system, as I already discussed, you put the two together and you kind of make a fog year. <laughs> and that's really funny because in all the time that I've been doing this, I've never seen a fog year, but the guides were showing me that this was 
of fog here because he really wanted me to lay the emphasis on air. Um, you need to have water and air in order to have fog, um, but the, the air is the predominant energy and the water comes in from time to time to kind of push things along and make things happen. Um, so we've got a fog here, um, and um, that means there's kind of like a stillness, a quietness in fog, a silence. You know, things get muffled in the fog. They echo in the fog. Sometimes it's hard to hear. Sometimes it's hard to see. All of that tells us something about what's upcoming on a metaphoric level for 23. And when it's an air year, um, meaning that there will be a lot of wind, you find different things happening. Um, and remember, again, we're putting two elements in here because um, the water works with air. Uh, they always work together in, in these kind of years. Um, sometimes with air years, I've seen smoke, which the guides are, you know, showing me now. Um, so it can kind of be a combination of air and water and a little bit of fire. But um, in a true fog year, a lot of those fires would be dampened. So we don't see quite as many fires this year as, as we've seen in the recent past. More like pollution, toxicity, um, like what we're pumping into the air as a society. Um, storms will be more powerful, yes that there will be a lot less of them because it's an air year. If it was a water year, there would be far more storms, and maybe they wouldn't be as powerful. Um, so it kind of reverses, right? Um, unless we're speaking about tornadoes, because tornadoes and dry hurricanes, which they have out in the western part of the United States, um, in some drier parts of the world, um, like the Sahara and um, Australia and other places like that, um, you know, then air is a big deal and it moves really fast. Um, but overall, you know, we're talking about kind of a cloudy, more overcast, more rainy year, um, which to me is healing because it's that natural downtime that comes with those kind of days, which is, which is nice. So it's kind of like all of that on a nature level, right? But it also means more airborne situations. For example, you could see the pandemic as an air year. Bad with air year, um, airborne situations. But since we're looking at fog, I see it as a quieter year on a natural disaster level, which I can only say is thank God because it's been a while that we've had a quiet here on a natural disaster level. So it's kind of a year in which we can collectively take another breath. We can take a breath, um, which is good because like just three years ago, taking a breath was a really hard thing to do because of COVID and all of the fires all over the world, all of the smoke that was going on, the George Floyd kind of situations, the skirmishes that were happening all over in the U.S. and, every, and all over other places too. You remember that. People were literally gasping for many reasons. So we all get to kind of take a breath this year, which supports the concept that this is a pivotal point year, like the guides were just say saying in my brief conscious channeling 
um, given just a moment ago. A pivotal point, that dot on the paper, that spot, that's not really filled with action. Things will definitely be happening this year, but it'll be a quieter year than what we've had in a while. So, like, let's all embrace that, right? Take this time to renew, rejuvenate, get ready, because pivotal point years usually don't last long. It might not even actually stay quiet for the entire year. And usually what follows is a time of immense activity with stuff happening all over the place, all over the world, all over the country. And I definitely think that's going to be 24. The pandemic from the point of view of this unifying dot, understanding that a dot is one thing, not 29 million things, this pivotal point. And returning to understand what we already got in 2020, what we already learned, what we already accepted as reality. And one of the things that we got was what it means to be a good human on this planet, what it means to be a good person within our family or within our sphere of influence. So kind of coming back to um, that place of mental understanding of who we are as individuals and who we are together. All of that is kind of like a gauge for our health as the human species. So it's actually better on a health level. It's a cooler year. Fog also brings in that sense of coolness. Although, don't be confused because it'll still be record heat in the midst of summer but not so much from aggression or fighting or problems that way, but cooler insofar as needing to take more self-care, needing more rejuvenation kind of thing. The U.S. has been going through a lot health-wise, and that's going to continue as we move forward into 23. Um, and I know that kind of sounds contradictory to what I just said, so bear with me. There will be a lot of germs, kind of like during December. Y'all in the U.S. have been having a hard time with illness. While over here in France, where I live, there's been the flu. That's it, thankfully. You in the U.S. have been kind of having a state of illness energy that's been up, right? Um, and while I don't see so much of that in the Europe area, in the European area in 23, that kind of does move in a little bit more towards the end of the year. So we'll have more of that here in Europe. But it all comes across as being short-lived. Whereas in the United States, it looks energetically like you all are just having a harder time getting well. And getting well on a physical level as well as an immune level. So all of you in the U.S. need to keep looking at what you're eating, the environment you're putting yourselves into, and learning to not just vote with your dollar, but with your voice. I mean, come on, cadmium and lead and chocolate? Really? We don't need that crap. We don't need the high levels of pesticides, herbicides, fungicides in our soil, and our food, and our air. And we've been putting that kind of stuff in the soil and in our food for decades. And it's making everyone sick on an immune level, level 
and it's also affecting the mind also. And that's going to come to light this year of how much it's affecting the mind. Alzheimer's, dementia, um, you know, autism, all of this stuff is all going to be finally brought to understanding as to where it's all coming from. And, you know, the United States is not the only country that's done this. And then it also tried to kind of, like, tell the rest of the world, okay, the only way that you can have this rice work out is if you fill it with all this crap first, which, you know, we all now know is untrue. And a lot of other countries that initially adopted that as being truth have come to realize the falseness of that. So now looking at the rest of the world, Africa shows up as having kind of its own mini-pandemic, like rising issues of illness. India and China having similar problems, while those in the Arabic world have digestive issues because of water. So like problems with, like things like, not exactly dysentery and cholera, but things like that, you know, stuff that comes due to sanitation problems. Um, and funny enough, if you look at this, all of that stuff is in the lower chakras, right, the, the digestive stuff, whereas in the United States, it's all in the upper chakras. And I want you guys to kind of think about that for a moment. The U.S. has been a world leader for a very long time, but we stifled ourselves in a lot of ways, and we don't always feel like we have the voice that we used to have. And then when we do find our voice, we kind of use it for yelling, which is really not helpful. All right, let's move on to economics. There's a lot of talk about recession. The U.S. has become really good at staving off recession, holding that off, holding that off what is in some ways inevitable, or at least holding it off until we can make enough changes to avoid the inevitable. Let me tell you, the U.S. excels at this. So once again, the U.S. will hold off recession in the year 2023. But for the U.S., recession will come in 2025 unless some things change. Here will be what I'll call recession moments in the United States in 23 where markets will dip and problems will arise. They'll be fairly quickly overcome and things will go back to what is the new normal for now. It'll be much harder for the U.S. to do that in year 2024. As a matter of fact, it'll be a big struggle, which is why I think that in 25 it's kind of unavoidable and it will slip into recession unless some appropriate changes occur. I mean, come on, you just can't keep throwing Money, good money after that. It just doesn't work for the long term. In Europe and Singapore and Australia, which is the second tier I'm kind of working with here in economics and the economics realm, um, they're following the U.S. in some ways with this ability to hold off these economic problems. Um, so Europe will be struggling this year in 2023 as opposed to the U.S. struggling next year, right? Um, but sending off recession. They'll do that. They'll accomplish that in 23. However, in 2024, for Europe, recession will come. And they'll still be in it in 25. 
and that's the challenge. How long can the U.S. keep its head above water when other parts of the world are sinking economically? That's part of what the guides were trying to express before with this concept of being the pivotal point and having everything be allied and aligned. We're all one. Everything is equal. We just don't see it that way yet. In other parts of the world, um, like Arabia, Asia, Africa, Russia, um, and some other countries, um, you know, they, they fall into what I'm going to term the third tier. A small part of um, the Arabic realm um, existing energetically in the second tier. And for those in the third tier, it's going to be hard. It's going to be very hard for um, these parts of the world to avoid recession this year in 23. Similarly, some parts of Asia will be able to avoid it this year, but it's coming. Russia is going to have the hardest time. They really need to look at what they're spending their money on. Spending money on war no longer is the answer. Um, you need to use your mind to fix your differences. Don't go with the animalistic ways of dealing with things anymore. I mean, we've all moved beyond that. We just haven't realized that yet. In 24, however, I think we're all in for trouble. Lots of problems between countries and within various countries themselves. I mean, considering the economic stuff and everything, oh, 24 just looks like a mess. But in 25, things start to calm down again, and it looks like, in the end, it's more of an economic reset in 25. So that we find that in 19, in 19, in 2026, it's good. We're back on track. Not in inflation. Not in recession. More on kind of an even economic keel. And, you know, i got to tell you, that's fast when compared to economic problems that were global in the past. Think of, you know, the Great Depression. Moving on to the Russian-Ukrainian war in 23. So I feel like the Allies are going to come together for Ukraine and will give them more aid. I think this war ends in 2023 and actually sooner later, sorry, sooner than later in 23. It actually shows to me like around February and March, which honestly my brain finds hard to believe. It's really a trick as a psychic to like put a bank or what you want in order to see what actually is. But it's the nature of the job. For example, in 2020, I saw the pandemic, but I called it an epidemic. I did refer to it in some places as a pandemic because I didn't really understand the difference in the words themselves specifically, and also because my brain could not wrap around it, the concept. It was scary. I didn't give it a whole lot of time in my radio show, honestly, because it terrified me. So in that instance, I kind of stopped being psychic and I started being human and no longer could see around it. Not that being psychic makes you above being human. It's not what I mean. But I mean, I fell prey to human frailties, right? And I feel it's important for everybody to understand the simple truth about being psychic. So I have a lot of opinions of what I call this stupid Russian war. It's hard for my brain to accept 
that it'll actually end in February or March of 23, but that's what I'm seeing. A lot of the world will come together as an ally, as allies, and will say, no more picking on my little brother, you bully, just stop. There's also some aid that must be given to Russia. And yeah, I mean Russia. And that's part of why they agreed to end it on the Russian side. Originally, when this whole thing started, the war that is, my brain also had a hard time wrapping around it. So I saw it as ending in February and March of the year it started, which was like within a couple of months from when it started. Now I realize that was for this year instead. And I believe that I am really doing my best in this moment to look beyond my opinions and to see the war ending. I feel it's always important, you guys, to be really completely honest with you, to be really completely honest with my clients um, in general and personally, so that I, I don't hesitate when I tell you I may be struggling internally with something or, like in this case, where I'm really making an effort to be clear. Once the war ends, the big restoration begins, and I'm putting that in capital letters and quotes, in the Ukraine, um, which we will also help out financially, which will also remain independent. While Russia will go through another time like they did in the 90s, where money is an issue. So they'll need help, which will be given. You know, history does repeat itself, right? Let's move on to natural disasters. It's an air year, and I have to be honest with you, I'm not fully sure what I'm seeing with this, so I'm going to describe it, and hopefully we'll all come to understand it as it unfolds. But it looks like a dome that has had the top blown off it with all kinds of nasty stuff spewing into the air the equivalent of an oceanic disaster. Like when the nuclear material went into the water, the ocean, when Japan had its earthquake, or kind of like an oil spill, you know, something like that. Only this is with air. This is in midsummer, like the July time frame. It's not nuclear, but it's some kind of toxic chemical that has escaped. So similar to back in 2020 when I saw the pandemic and said it had escaped the makers of it, it's kind of like that. This is another of those situations um, that exists on a chemical level, a toxic gas kind of like explosion thing that comes from an industrialized country, but I'm not going to say where I see it coming from. It's just not fair and it's not helpful. It will affect the whole world, however, and it's a human disaster that becomes a natural disaster. And it will affect people with the breath being able to breathe in general health yet again. Mostly in the local area of where it happens, but the whole world to some extent as well. It'll also affect the animals and plant life as the chemicals settle into the soil. So there will need to be a big cleanup effort. It may be somewhat of a blessing in disguise because we will learn how to clean up the soil and the air because of it. So it may help with global warming, but it will take time. There will be lots of lives. It's going to suck. That piece. Right? But remember, 
this was pretty much a quiet year. And I have to say that, you guys, because, like, quiet years are no longer like they used to be. It's not Little House on the Prairie anymore, right? It's not that kind of a quiet year. This is quiet year in the mid, you know, constant chaos, which is, you know, kind of where we're at in this change, this world change, the societal change. So speaking of societies, let's go into U.S. society. 2023 is pretty calm for the U.S. There's going to be more goodwill than neighbors. People are going to be kinder. It's a happier time in the United States. It would be nice to kind of have that peace, um, that gentle energy return. However, President Biden comes across as getting pretty ill, like a heart, lung, circulatory-related thing, and there's going to be need for hospitalization, and he could actually pass away. I've been seeing this for some time. And considering the fact that um, JFK died in 63 and was unable to finish his term, it fits. And that was a water rabbit year, right? Looks like it will occur somewhere between the latter half of August and October. So most likely like in September, maybe early September. And it looks like Kamala will be able to fill her duties and will take over when needed. And as needed, she's a strong-willed woman who has a lot of her own ideas on how things should be run. However, in order to pave the way for more women to become president in the future, she will hold back on a lot of that and be true to the legacy that Biden wants to create. She'll stay true to his agenda. So it looks like at the turn of the year she'll be sworn in, maybe as early as December, most likely January. European Union or, you know, Europe. Biggest issue is worries about money and recession, people feeling the bite of monetary problems. There will be some issues around energy availability and blackouts. The EU will work well together, though. Um, a little bit of minor arguing here and there with some of the smaller countries, but not a big deal. England will, interestingly enough, start to take more of the lead in the EU, which is ironic considering Brexit. However, Charles will push for some changes with regards to England's position and may even uh, rejoin the EU or find a way to do that, which would cause some upheaval in England itself, not so much in the EU. Science breakthroughs. Not seeing much in terms of breakthroughs in astronomy or technology per se, a couple of big medical breakthroughs, though, um, cloning or in, like, cloning organs, stuff like that. A lot of movement in fusion technology. Everybody will be clamoring to accomplish progress in this area. A lot of people will be coming at it from different angles um, and will make a lot of progress this year. Also, breakthroughs in food production and soil technology. New food sources will be created. Green technologies will be back on the menu in 2023. Um, there will be some skirmishes across the world, some smaller conflicts, some worrying about countries getting into bigger conflicts. But overall, again, it's a quieter year that way. People are going to be looking at careers and education more than they did in 21 or 22, putting more focus and energy into personal solvency, solvency, seeing 
I'm seeing some effort in the area of um, cloning, not from a medical standpoint, but from like bringing some animals back that have been extinct, which is just weird and like, have you not seen Jurassic Park? But <laughs> I don't know. Um, some work being done behind the scenes um, in this area, and, and we're not going to hear about it till 24, so it doesn't really matter. People in general will travel more in 2023 than what has been happening. That does not need a psychic. Uh, I mean, I don't need to be psychic to tell you that, right? Because the world really hasn't been traveling since the pandemic. But it does look like it's going to be more over water. Like it could be through cruises and things like that via water. Um, also, you know, over water to other countries. Finally, the Earth. She's feeling a little more optimistic. If we look at her as an entity, we might take care of her more, more conscientiously. Fires erupting, there's still global warming that needs to be taken care of, and there are still issues with the Earth and all of us moving forward in a more healthy way. But this is a pivotal year. This is the entire point of the concept of alliance. In this year, energetically, all things come together for positive change. And the earth is hopeful as an entity herself, as herself, that we will make the right decisions at this time and make the right decisions this time. To be honest with you, energetically, I am hopeful that we will make the right decisions too. And I've not felt this way in decades. But something shifts in 2023 to where people go, oh, wow, we really can't ignore this anymore. We can't call it other than what it is. We do need to fix this. And so changes will be made. So I feel like the Earth is going to have a little bit of a breather this year too. And we'll have an opportunity to rejuvenate a little bit, even though we will still have crises on the horizon from an Earth-based standpoint. So, my darling Claudia, thank you for giving me all of this time to chit-chat and to deliver all of these messages. I really want everybody to come away from all of these predictions with that understanding of this being a better, quieter year in which we can all come together like what the guides were saying. Energetically, it's going to happen anyway. That's the long and short of what they were saying. But if we make an effort consciously for that to happen, it can happen more quickly and with less trouble, with less problems. We could actually shift how this 2023 year goes and make it a little bit more like Little House on the Prairie, you know, in which we all really, really get this wonderful breather. And even though all of these astrological changes are happening and massive ones at that, all happening kind of what I call under the foundation, right? We don't really see those changes yet. We don't really understand the, the impact of those changes yet. And that echoes this year of 2023. Everything that happens in 2023, we don't really understand the implications of until we get into 24 and 25 and 26, which, by the way, 
26 looks like this gleaming pillar of beauty and hope and, and happiness after all of this challenge that we have gone through for a long time, right? Um, you know, since 15, technically, um, since 12, uh, more honestly, um, if, if you look at past trends. And so I really want to leave you guys with this sense of wonderful hope and looking forward to the year 2023. Let's all pull together and look at how equal we can all be with all things so that that stupid dome of toxicity doesn't have to blow up. I mean, maybe we can avoid that, right? That's how all of this works. Predictions are not just for fun. I mean, they are. They're fun. It's great, um, except for when I have to get bad news. But, you know, honestly, they're here for a reason. And more and more people are waking up to their psychic abilities and waking up to expressing them in the world. And it's happening because more and more people need to kind of like get on board, need to, you know, realize that we all are one and that we all are moving towards a more positive future and we can make it happen now. And we don't have to go through the school of hard knocks in order for that to happen if we just use this information wisely and consciously and make the effort consciously. So I'm going to leave you guys with all of that. And I'm going to say I wish you all such happy, happy tidings for this new year. And I missed you. And I'm so thankful to Claudia and the crew for putting all of this together and allowing me the time to share my guides, um, the guidance that they offer, and my prediction for this new year. How's that, Miss Claudia? Beautiful day. Thank you as well. Goodbye.